0: Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at SalemAlliance.org. We're continuing our series called Feels Like Home. This week's message is by Jennifer Roth. As you know, we are in a series on It Feels Like Home. And it's already felt like home this morning because Rob came and talked with us about the budget, not something we have to do at home, right? We do start next week with our series based on the Beatitudes called, I have to pause and think, uh, Blessed are the Weird. And uh, so this is our last week on Feels Like Home, but before I can really preach on Feels Like Home, I actually need to make the stage feel a little bit more like home because I don't know about you, but my living room does not look like this. (laughs) My living room has people who live in it. There's a backpack usually or two. There's always some sort of all around. Uh, I do have a daughter, and you may not have heard about the movie that came out a few years ago, but there's always something pink and some books. That girl goes through books like nobody's business. We've got water bottles, and I know there's already a pair of shoes up here, but there's way more than one pair of shoes around the living room floor. And at our house, there's always socks. If my daughter or either of my sons are missing socks, we go and clean out from under the couch that's where the socks usually are and I don't know about you but at my house when things are in process by the way pillows they don't stay on the couch for long with kids they're always I'm picking them up all the time and clean laundry goes on the couch that's it's in between now um, oh, now it feels like home my husband Jeff tripping on pillows And I didn't do this on purpose, but any load of laundry at our house will represent people. Sometimes there's a little too much green and yellow up here because of Steve Fowler and his likes. But at my house, you're going to see orange and black. So... I heard the booze. Sometimes that's because of Silverton Foxes, but we have a lot of orange and black. Home is messy, right? Home is the place where we have freedom to be messy. Home is the place where... We can throw a temper tantrum if we're young. Hopefully if we're older, it takes a different form. But it's the place where we can be free to feel what we feel. Out and about, we have to hold it together, right? But at home, you can't hold it together all the time. And so it's the place. The people who live at home with us, they're the ones who know if we're angry. They know if we're sad. They know if we're nervous or stressed out. They know if we're excited about eagerly anticipating something. Home is the place where we're known, Look at what one author says about home. I I like this description in light of where we were going this morning. The ache for home lives in all of us. The safe place where we can go as we are and not be questioned. Isn't that what we've just been doing in worship? I feel like the sermon has already been preached today. This invitation to recognize our glory and our grime and that that's okay One of the funny things about messes for me, let's just take my living room for example, is that I have a lot more grace for my shoes than my kids' shoes. (laughs) You know, my shoes represent that I just had a workout or a hard day or a long day, and my shoes sitting beside the couch mean I deserve a break, and I don't need to take the long walk and take them all the way to my bedroom, but my kids' shoes, My kids' shoes means that somebody came in and forgot to put their shoes in the shoe place. (laughs) And I think sometimes when we're talking about church being home, some of us are learning how to be okay with our own shoes beside the couch. We're learning to be okay with coming to church, coming to the places where we interact with others and saying, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm struggling, I'm nervous, I'm doing great, I'm eagerly anticipating something, but we're bringing our real selves and we're getting comfortable But we still struggle with being comfortable with other people's messes. And it's a lot easier if everybody else would just come in here cleaned up and not make me feel bad for their grief or their anxiety or their. And sometimes we need the people around us to be okay because we feel so not ill at ease with them not being okay. And one of the things about home is, home is a safe place to be messy. And a safe place needs to be okay for me to feel how I feel and for somebody to just come and sit with me in how I feel and not try to talk me out of it so fast. I think at the church sometimes, we know the truth that God is redeeming everything the enemy is trying to hurt. And so we're quick to try to say, but look at what God is doing But let's lift our eyes and praise God. And those things are true. And there comes a time when it's important to say, God is moving on your behalf. But if we are too quick to say, but remember, praise the Lord, we're giving somebody a pat answer and a platitude and we're not hearing their heart and we're not being a safe place for their mess and what they're really struggling with. And so part of being at home and being safe with our messes is accepting people right where they are today and not asking them to clean up before they can come in and be a part of what we have going on. Another aspect of home is that everybody in the home has responsibilities. If, if I were to walk into my living room and it looked like this, which it does on a regular basis except the laundry is usually a bigger pile, and we had people coming over, it would become the appropriate time to clean up the mess. And I would say, all right, kids, everybody pick up what belongs to you in the living room. Let's get all the clutter picked up. And then I would assign chores, okay? So-and-so, you get to put the laundry away. I need you to sweep the kitchen floor, and I need you to empty the clean dishwasher so that we can load the mound of dirty dishes into the dishwasher before everybody gets here. And if my kids were to look at me and say, well, why do I have to do these chores, Mom? You know my answer. I would say, well, we all live here. This is our home, we're family, and it takes everybody to keep the household running and everybody in the family is a part of making sure that every, all the jobs get done, right? Well, the same is true at church. This is family, this is our home, and it takes everybody to keep this place running. And one of the dangers in a church this size that has paid staff And can I just say that I work with some of the best people on the planet. The staff here are phenomenal people, and I love coming in on the days that I get to come in and work here. But the danger is, when there are people who work at a church, is that other people think, well, the people who work here are the ones that are supposed to get that done. But as we've talked through this series of what makes a place feel like home, Steve talked about it being relational and people taking ownership, and 50 staff people can't do that for a church our size. We're here to help support and help give you what you need so that you can be part of the living, breathing church of Christ, who is the hands and feet of the bride of Christ to his people and to the people who don't yet know him. And so we all have responsibility in this place feeling like home. A couple of the strongest ministries happening in women's ministries right now were started by volunteers who had a passion for something and came and said, can we do this? one of those was Hearts at Home. Over 25 years ago, there was a woman who was passionate about young moms knowing the high and holy calling of raising young families. And she said, can we start something to meet with these women? And 25 plus years later, there are still young moms gathering on a weekly basis to be in the word together and to support each other in this very unique stage of life where their whole world has been turned upside down and they're relearning how to do everything they knew how to do before. Another one is our summer women's Bible study. About four summers ago, there was a woman in this church who saw a good Bible study come out, and she asked her friends to do that study with her. And the next summer, those friends took a study by the same author and did it with their community group. And the next summer, she agreed with my crazy idea and invited all the women of the church. And this last summer, we had over 240 women come to our eight-week summer women's Bible study. Because a lay person, someone who's not paid, brought her vision and brought what she had to give, and we're all the better for it. So we all have responsibility when we're at home. And yet I know that in this place, it doesn't necessarily feel like home for many of you. Maybe you come in and you kind of feel like you're watching church, but you're here and you're trying, but it doesn't feel like home. And how do we move from that place where as individuals we don't feel at home to the place where we do feel at home. As I was thinking through this message, I thought, okay, so how did I move from a place of where I was brand new to Salem Alliance to the place where I really do feel at home now? And so I wanna tell you that story. I am—I was raised in a Christian home, so from birth, I attended the Nazarene Church up Market Street from here. Fantastic place, fantastic people, great place to grow up. Uh, we attended there until I was about a sophomore in high school. And during some of those years, my dad was actually on staff there. So I was in the building whenever it was open and sometimes when it wasn't open. We were generally one of the last ones out. Um, he was the pastor of the college age group. And so I went to a lot of weddings. I felt like everybody there knew me and I knew everyone there. Um, it was fantastic to have grown up in a place where I felt loved and known. I also knew the building like the back of my hand. I knew which hallways made loops. I knew which cabinets had secret depths. I knew, I knew my way in the dark around the children's wing, which we did sometimes just for fun. I, I knew my way around the kitchen because I cleaned up a lot of dishes from wedding receptions. I knew the place. I was very familiar with it. And I knew what was expected of me, what the routines were. I knew what to expect on a Sunday morning when I came and what would be different and what to expect at the Sunday night service. And if I came on Wednesday night, I knew where I would go and where my class would be. And I knew the routines. And aren't those the things that make a place feel like home? When we know people, when we know the actual facility or the place or we know the routines and what's expected of us. And it's when we don't know any of those that our anxiety rises, right? When we're going into a new setting and we know no one, and we've never been there before, and we don't really know what's gonna happen there, that's really stressful. And if we even have one of those things in place, if I'm going to an event at a location I've been to before and I know where the bathrooms are, that's at least helpful. I know where to park and how to get in. If I know somebody, even one somebody, it makes it easier to try. And if I know the routines, think about this. If I grow up in an evangelical Christian church, I know the routines. And if I go try another evangelical Christian church, it might not be the same, but I can anticipate that some of the routines are going to be something I am familiar with. And so we make this change from familiar to familiar, and these are the things that make us feel at home. So how, when we enter a place where we don't know people, we don't know the place, and we don't know the routines, do we become at home there? I remember back at the Nazarene Church, my um, Sunday school teachers talking about needing to make an effort to welcome the new people. And I remember thinking, yeah, you're right, I, I wanna do better at that, but doesn't it go both ways? I mean, individual to individual, it's as easy for that new person to say hi to me as it is for me to say hi to them, right? And then I changed churches from the place I grew up at, from the place where I felt like I knew everybody and everybody knew me, the place that fit me like a glove. And we ended up here at Salem Alliance when our family ended up in some transition, and I began going to the youth group. And the youth group at that time met in the courtyard room, back there around the corner by where Omni is. And there was this couple front rows of kids who had grown up here and knew each other and had inside jokes and banter with the pastor. And then I would sit in the back row with a couple guys from my high school and, and we would kind of watch church happen. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're watching church happen, but it doesn't really have much to do with you. And that's what I felt like. And week after week I went and I, and I thought, you know what? It is not as easy for the new person to say hi as for the person who knows the routines and knows the place and already knows people. What am I going to do? Go and plunk myself down in the front couple rows with all these people who know each other and their inside jokes? Awkward. (laughs) I remember one Sunday seeing another girl come in who I'd never seen before, and she sat by herself in the row in front of me. And just at the end of the service, I was just compelled and and she came back this way and I just stepped out of my back row and I stuck my hand out and I said, I'm Jennifer, hi. And she said, I'm Christine. Where do you go to school? Salem Academy, Sprague. Okay, nice meeting you. And Christine and I still know each other 25 years later. And about 10 or 15 years ago, she said to me, remember when you said hi in youth group that day? She said, you'll never know what a big difference that made for me. One handshake, one introduction, remembered years and years later. So how did I finally make a connection? That summer, I was looking, I heard that there was an opportunity to be a junior counselor for Canyon View Day Camp. And I went, oh, I know about that because I had been a junior counselor for the Nazarene's Canyon View Day Camp week the summer before. Remember, people we know or routines and what we expect or a place that we know. And Canyon View was a place that I knew with routines that I knew. And so I stepped into something that felt less threatening to me, even though I didn't know anybody else who would be doing it. And by saying yes to that, I met other kids who were being junior counselors. So now I have some people to sit by when I go to church. And then I met all these little kids who we were being counselors to. And then at family night, I met all their parents. So within a couple of weeks of being a junior counselor at View, I now have over 100 people who I would recognize their faces if I saw them in the lobby. And that's point number one of this message is sometimes the best way to get to know people is to serve to find something we're familiar with, something that we could just grab onto and go, you know what, I haven't figured out how to necessarily meet people in this big room on a Sunday morning, but I could do this. And in doing that, it would establish some community and that community could become the core from which it spreads out the people that you know. One of the ways I figured to meet people was to serve. And I didn't do it because I wanted to meet people. I did it because I actually love Canyon View. Funnily enough, I ended up working at Canyon View for three summers. And if you don't know Canyon View, you have animal names there. So now, within the Salem and Silverton area, there's over a thousand people who probably, if they saw me at any given time, would think giraffe before they thought Jennifer. (laughs) And I know that some of you are here. Because those kids are now like in their 30s with their own kids. And those parents from those parent nights are some of my dear friends. And serving gave a huge gift to me as I was giving to the body. The principle is in scripture. I want to read from 1 Peter. There's actually a lot of places that talk about serving. But I like this one in the context of our whole series on, on It Feels Like Home. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love makes up for many of your faults. Love covers the mess, friends. Love includes forgiveness and grace. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay for the night. Steve has talked about meals. Can I just encourage us to become a people who find someone and say, let's go out for lunch after Sunday church? Uh, My mother in law passed away, it'll be two years in November, and I cannot tell you how many people have come up to me and said, It was your in laws who were the greeters my first day at Salem Alliance. Your in laws invited me to their house for lunch after I had come to Salem Alliance. Your in laws were leaders in my community group. Jerry and Carolyn Roth were a part of making this place home for a lot of people, and it was simply by opening their home for meals, and, and interns. I, I met a lot of interns who stayed there six months in Salem at Jerry and Carolyn's house. Some of what, we, what we're talking about is so simple and practical. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. God has given each of you some special abilities He's given us gifts that benefit the body and that benefit our community, and we need to bring ourselves present and bring that gift here. Now, I need to say, I know it's not going to all look the same. I'm kind of an extrovert in a big way and pretty social, and I don't mind putting out my hand and introducing myself to a new person. Some of you are introverts. You hate that thought, but you do have something That God created you. I was talking with a friend a while back. We were talking about what does love look like. And she said, love is being present with the people we're with. When we bring who God created us to be, present with the people here and in our family and our workplace and our community and our kids' sports teams, we are loving those people. And when we love, it feels more like home. And the crazy thing is, this principle is so like God because it's backwards, isn't it? How do I make this place feel more like home for me? Well, I need to serve others, and then it will feel more like home for me. I love the way that God turns things on his head when we serve him. One of the things I want to say right now is that in the lobby after the service, there will be people in blue t-shirts that say serve, That if you have not found a place to serve, would love to talk with you. Now, the next thing I want to say is I'd like to get rid of the elephant in the room because I know that this time of year in September, some of you feel like enough with the t-shirts already. It was red for groups and it was orange for serve and there's orange in the lobby today to help you find. Let me say this. And some of you are like, and they'll just, they'll calm down in October and they'll quit pushing all this stuff on us. And I want to say that from a staff perspective, we don't want to push at all. Those people in blue t-shirts are there because they love helping people make a connection to a place that is a good fit for them. And so I don't want you to talk to anybody in the lobby today in a blue shirt if you don't want to talk to anybody in a blue shirt. But if you're listening to the message and you're going, I would love to connect, they're there for you. The other thing I want to say is some of you have been here a lot of years and you hear the same thing every kickoff week and you hear about, like last week, with all of us in our red t-shirts and enough about groups already. But what you need to know that is in a church our size on any given week, there's somebody here who didn't know that we offer small groups. And what we're wanting to do as staff is communicate and repeat and repeat the opportunities so that people know that there are on-ramps to making connection here at Salem Alliance Church to help this big church feel like a smaller community. One of those on-ramps for me was another really big piece of how Salem Alliance began to feel more like home. Because when I was a young mom with my first child, as you might imagine, newly married, um, my weaknesses were coming up, and my stuck places were coming up, and what I experienced was anxiety. I was a worrier, and I would get stuck in worry, and I didn't know how to get out. And I would talk with some friends about how much anxiety I was feeling, and they would say, well, Jennifer, you just need to trust God. And I need to tell you that I felt like pulling my hair out because I asked Jesus into my heart when I was five, that, and I was about 29 at this time. That's 24 years of Bible teaching, being formed into a disciple, learning who God is, and when somebody would say to me something as simple as, you just have to trust God, it filled me with incredible shame that I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to translate the knowledge that I had gotten from church that God is trustworthy into my daily routine of why is anxiety the feeling that rises up the strongest in me today? And yet I know that God is trustworthy and this does not compute came to a head in my life as I was a new mom and a new wife. And and God began to lead me towards life path ministries. And I'll be really honest with you. My first thought was, But God, that's not for me. That's recovery ministry, and I'm not an addict, and I'm not the child of an addict, and I don't know why you would lead me to Life Path Ministries. And I need you to know that that's a really, really small understanding of what Life Path Ministries is. Life Path is a place for any of us who are stuck. And so I obeyed God, and I went to Life Path, and I began to learn what trust meant, that trust could be baby steps, that trust could be very small, that trust meant talking with people about what was going on in my life and being real and being okay with the fact that I wasn't okay. And as I said in just a couple sentences in the video last week, that began to give me permission to be honest with more people in my life. And follow me now, the more I bring my true self to my community, the more that community feels like home because those people have just received and accepted my true self. If I'm just bringing the surface level, Jennifer, if I'm just bringing the, oh yeah, I'm fine, this place can feel great and welcoming, but in my heart of hearts, is it really home? Because you don't really know me. And this place took a step deeper in being home for me when there began to be people who I would see on a regular basis who I knew knew my stuff and loved me anyway. And so part of this place feeling like home is to take the opportunities that are given. So if you find yourself as a new believer and and not very familiar with the Bible, foundations the small groups that meet, that are a safe place to ask questions and are going through the basics of the Bible is a great opportunity. If you find that you've known the Bible a while, but you know that being a disciple of Christ means being a student of his word, then these Bible studies that are digging into what we're gonna be preaching about on the weekends are a great opportunity for the discipleship that you need. If you find, like me, that there are places in life that you're stuck, then Life Path is a great opportunity. Part of what we're trying to do around here is provide on-ramps to community. And so making this place feel like home is taking the on-ramps. But I can't take the on-ramps for you. And no staff member can take the on-ramps for you. You've got to take the on-ramps to the places that are community so that this place can feel like home. Not just for you, but for the people that you engage with in those communities. So we serve... And we take the opportunities that are given. Those are some of the ways that i found to make this place home. Another way of making a place feel like home, I learned when I was in college. And it was uh, my sophomore year in college. And I had... (coughs) Excuse me. I attended Western Oregon State, studied elementary education. My freshman year, I lived on campus. My sophomore year, I was saving some money. I was living at home. My brother was already out of the house. My parents had taken a long vacation in September that had gotten longer because of some illness. And I was having a hard time making connections on campus. I had been a part of Campus Crusade the year before, but people had shifted, and I didn't know them as well, and because I was driving back and forth, I just, I was feeling disconnected and isolated, and I really wanted the leadership to reach out to me. I wanted the people who I viewed as being in to reach out and help me feel like I was in and I belonged, but it just wasn't working, and so I was kind of spiraling into a bad place for me. And. I'm a verbal processor, if you haven't guessed that by now, and I'm kind of thinking out loud as I talk. As a matter of fact, sometimes if you come to the 5 o'clock service, it'll sound a lot different than the 11 o'clock because at 5, I'm still figuring out what I think out loud and how is this sermon going to really land to try to get these thoughts out in verbal form. And so because I hadn't had anybody to verbally process with, this isolation had just been twisting into this knot inside me. And by the time my parents got home, it just did not take long for my mom and I to be sitting on my bed, and she asked me how I was doing, and out came all this loneliness and isolation and not connected, and she let me talk and listen to me, which is often the best thing you can do when somebody is having a hard time. Just listen. I'm learning that even now as a parent, to just listen, and it does so much. And my mom listened to me, and as I finished, she said this. She said, Jennifer... It sounds to me like you've been pretty concerned with whether or not other people are going to reach out to you, but what would happen if you paid attention to other people who looked like they were disconnected and you reached out to them? Oh, (laughs) there were two things that happened with that conversation. One was my mom had the courage and the love to graciously tell me what needed to be said, which was, you need to get your eyes off yourself and onto other people. And the second one was, she reminded me of who I am because I had gotten so caught up in my loneliness that I was not functioning as who I am. Do you remember Christine in high school? I did that without anybody telling me. Remember just the one handshake? Hi, I'm Jennifer. I know how to do this. I'm an extrovert. I'm a social person. I like making people like me. I had a teacher in junior high, and he was really old. And I don't know how old he was, but when you're in middle school, all your teachers seem old. And he was kind of grumpy, and and I'm not really making that up. He really was grumpy. And I just decided to make him like me. And my locker was next to his door, and there were seven periods a day, and I just decided that every time I came to my locker, I was going to poke my head in his room and say, hi. And so I did. Six times a day, I'd poke my head in his room and say, hi, Mr. So-and-so. I won't tell you, because I already said he was grumpy. And (laughs) at first, he was like, and then he was like smiling and then he said hi back and then, and then we developed this rapport and pretty soon when I go into his class, he's not as grumpy anymore. So I mean, I, I say all that just to tell you this is who I am. This is who my mom knew me to be. So as I sat on the bed pouring out my story of isolation, one of the gifts that she gave me was to remind me of who I am. And as I took that to heart, there was a shift that happened in my mind and the shift was this. Rather than going to a community and asking, what can I get, I need to go to that community and ask, what can I give? And that's the shift that I want to invite some of you to today. That as we come to Salem Alliance and we finish this series on It Feels Like Home, one of the biggest ways that this place could feel like home is if when you come, you could come with the mindset of what can I give instead of what can I get? Because let me explain something about this place this is a big place. I've been going here since 1986, and I can still in the lobby any given time see a face that I have not remembered seeing before. And I've learned not to ask, how long have you been at Salem Alliance? I've learned to ask, uh, I've learned not to ask, are you new to Salem Alliance? I've learned to ask, how long have you been coming to Salem Alliance? And I get the answers anywhere from one month to 15 years. And so as we walk into this place, There is no way of knowing who's new and who's not. And I've talked with some people over the last year who are new to Salem Alliance. I said, what does it feel like to walk into Salem Alliance? And they've said, it's welcoming and people are really nice and I feel very lonely. Because everybody has their people and nobody knows that I don't have my people. Right? And so if we all come... With the mindset of what can I give, whether someone is new or not, we might start saying hi, my name is to somebody who needed someone to connect with them that day. This is why we do the greeting thing every week. And yet, could we go beyond that to invite someone to a meal or invite someone to our community group or just strike up a conversation about how long have you been in Salem and what's your job? You might be the handshake like I was for Christine 25 years ago that was a really big deal and not even know it. Let's linger a little longer. I know that as I talk, I'm talking to three types of people. Some of you have been here as long or longer than I have, and this is home. Can I challenge you to remember to reach out? I know you know how, because you're the reason that this church has felt like home for so many people for so many years, and I want to say thank you. Some of you are the reason that this church feels like home to me, but let's be reminded today that it is easier for those who've been here a long time to say hi first than for those that are new. And there are those of you who are not brand new, and you kind of feel like it's home, but it's not quite yet. You know some people, you know some other routines, you've gotten to know the campus, but it's not quite yet. And can I just say to you that you are in a unique position to go both ways. You get to keep leaning into what makes this a good place for you and your family to put down roots. And you are ready to reach back and to grab someone else and say, come along with me. This is a good place. Let's figure it out. Let's go to the men's event. Let's go to the women's event. Let's try a Bible study. Be inviters. And there are those of you who are really pretty brand new, maybe brand new in the last month. Maybe it's been over the last year, and you've been kind of just getting to know us and figuring out, is this a place where we want to try to put down roots? And to you, I would just say, would you persevere? Would you take the on-ramps? Would you lean in because these are good people and this is a good place to call home. Some of the on-ramps are as simple as brochures. We have brochures on student ministries and serving opportunities and women's ministries and men's ministries. We even have a map. For some people, this map could be the best gift that you give them today. If you are a regular attendee of Salem Alliance, would you take note that there are maps in the brochure rack on the way to Broadway? And just last week, I gave someone this map, and she was like, oh, this is such a big help. Thank you. Because when you're dealing with a place that's not just a building, it's a campus, a map is an on-ramp to making sense of it. (laughs) Another on-ramp is the bulletin. Every week, the announcements that you hear up there are written in here with the contact information that you need. And it's an on-ramp. It's a way of saying these are some opportunities around here to help the big church feel small. Because when we come with a mindset of what can I give, no matter where we're coming from, we get more in return than we expect. Let's see what the Bible says on this one. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 38. For if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full, and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. Because in God's math, one minus one does not equal zero. In God's math, when we give, more is given back to us. And I can just testify that that is true. It has been my practice for all the years I've been here to find a place to serve. And when I have poured myself out, whether it's for organizing a big event or preparing a teaching, and I'm exhausted, I can still say that I receive more emotionally and spiritually and friendship-wise. I am refilled and I am refueled by the way that God makes his word true that when we give, it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And the funny thing is, if we come to Salem Alliance and we say, what can I get? How can this, is this a place that meets my needs? Is this a place that feels like home to me? We may end up answering no to that question. No, I'm not being met here. But when we come to Salem Alliance or a community that we're trying to be involved in with an attitude of what can I give, we will find that we are getting what we need. And it feels like home and it is a place where we can belong when we will ask, what can I give? And as we wrap up the series, I want to finish with this Why does it matter? Why does it matter if Salem Alliance feels like home? Is it just so that you and I feel more comfortable when we do our obligatory weekend stop here? No. It's because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, you, the church, is the bride of Christ. Bill Hybels says the local church is the hope of the world. And if people who don't know God come here and sense a spirit of home and sense a spirit of welcome and sense that we are people who are okay with messes, our own messes and their messes, that this is a safe place to really look at what life is, then this is the place that they can meet God. But if we do not have a sense that this is home for ourselves, they said they'll know we are Christians by our love. If people do not walk into this place and sense that we love each other and like being together, then we become a hindrance to them knowing the living God. Because have you ever met those people who will say, I tried God and it didn't work. They've been immunized against the real thing because they didn't really see God. They came to church and it didn't feel like home. And that's not the only reason. And that's not your fault and it's not my fault. But there are people who will come to this place. And if we have not learned how to make it feel like home for ourselves and for others, we will be a hindrance. Because the real goal is that they would know that their heart's home is found in God. And we are his church, his bride. And friends, you and I know that the church of Christ is under attack. That in the upcoming generations, they are less and less interested in the church. As a matter of fact, I know that some of the people who have said, I have tried God and it didn't work for me, are your sons and your daughters and your grandkids. And your heart is breaking because they were raised in the church and they have turned away from God. This is why it matters that we figure out that church needs to be relational. That we've got to take ownership and we've got to be okay with the messes so that people know that they can meet God here. This is why it needs to feel like home. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the many who have come before me to make this place feel like home. Thank you for Salem Alliance. Thank you for the generosity in time and giftedness and finances that that represent these people, that is a hallmark of this place. Thank you for what it's meant to me personally to be able to call this place home. And thank you for those who will come after us and call this place home and know you. Lord, may we be your faithful servants who will risk being present, fully present, so that this can be home. And it's only by your grace that that's possible. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.